Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. examining the hydrogen fuel line that sprung a leak before last week's launch attempt. But managers say they are confident the leak can be fixed. This is a very complicated machine, a very complicated system, and all those things have to work. And you don't want to light the candle until it's ready to go. There is a catch. The rocket must pass a tanking test first before it gets the final green light to take off. Looks like Artemis may or may not take off next week. That will de- uh, be determined uh, whether or not those technicians can get the thing off the ground. Good evening and welcome into the Parabnormal. I'm Jeremy Scott. My guest tonight on the program is Leonard David. He's a space journalist. He's been reporting on space activities for over 50 years. He's written the new uh, the, the book that was actually published uh, in 2019, but well ahead of its time, Moonrush, The New Space Race. It was published by National Geographic, and it talks about exploring the moon uh, in all of its facets. And in the current situation that we stand here, uh, there is a lot on the line. We have uh, a, a space race underway between not only the United States, but several other players. Leonard, Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I I love to be on your show. I appreciate the uh, attention. What's going on with Artemis uh, and the whole mission right now? It kind of has gotten off to a rocky start, pun intended. Yeah, you know I'm uh, okay. I'll I'll admit right up front. I'm 75, and I went through the Apollo program and Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, and uh, you know. Uh, leaks on the pad, <laughs> you know, this happens. And uh, I'm with Bill Nelson, the NASA administrator. You know, what we you can't launch until you're ready to go. And so uh, we're at a point where uh, there's a lot riding on this Artemis uh, mission, uh, first mission, 
and uh, we'll see how well this booster does. Uh, it's going to be an incredible flight if it if it's successful, and uh, 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 you know. But I, you got to be aware that failure is right in front of you at all times. And uh, what would that do to America's uh, lunar program if that thing fails the first go? Certainly, we don't want a, a space travesty, and I guess the the way to get this corrected is when there's no humans' uh, lives at stake. Right. You know, we don't have any people on there, but they're, you know, gunning to put on the Artemis II mission, you know, a couple people and send them out for quite a, a four-person crew and, and loop around the moon in 2024. They have their agenda, a, a, including the... Uh, Artemis three, which is you know the uh, the kind of a corny, uh, you know I'm not a, a big fan of this thing of delegating these crews, but you know the first person of color and the uh, first woman on the moon, you know for uh, Artemis three in 2025. Uh, let's just get going. Uh, let's I don't care who's going. Let's get going. You think we need to get back to the moon, and we need to get back to the moon now? Yeah, I'm I'm a big uh, uh, supporter of the moon first before uh, human missions to Mars. You can't get back to the moon uh, if you can't do that. Uh, getting to Mars seems a little bit problematical. Uh, so I think a, there is a lot of new technology that's going to come out of... Uh, uh, surviving and thriving on the moon uh, that will en- enable uh, Mars missions. So I'm a big uh, and thanks thanks for your little comment about my moon rush book because when I wrote that I had some people that's not a space race. Don't say that. Don't do that. It's a space race. Yeah. China is coming on strong. Other countries will are, are are major players now, and this is not a NASA, uh, you know, go to the moon and you know we're we're down there. Uh, things are going on here that are really uh, diplomatically and politically uh, fire fireworks. And this is not only uh, something that NASA is participating, but also the European Space Agency, uh, Japan, and also Canada have skin in the game here too, right, with Artemis. Yeah, it, it's it, it's an international undertaking. That's a good thing. Uh, the more countries, the, the better. Because, you know, at some point in all this, uh, you know, the rhetoric gets ahead of failure. Uh, because, you know, you know, the artwork... Uh, people walking around the moon and doing all kinds of great things uh, is artwork. And we're going to have to do that technically, and there will be failure. There will be people dead, uh, you know, on the moon at some point. And I don't know what country they're going to come from. It's dangerous stuff. And, but, you know, it's just part of, if you're a, space cadet like I am, it's part of the process. Unfortunately, some of that is loss of life and also success of life to survive and thrive on another world to make us uh, 
a multi-planet species like uh, Elon Musk uh, always talks about. Why is there so much at stake here? Well, you know, again, you know, I'm getting old here, but I mean, it's it's sort of a resurgence of uh, space exploration. And uh, the point is that uh, I think America is finding its space legs again. We're, we're going beyond low Earth orbit. We've been in the low Earth orbit for quite a while. We have an incredible uh, international space station with multiple countries getting back to your point that this is a, a Canadian and J- Japanese, Russian, and all the other countries, 13 or so countries in the space station. Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of... We, we we almost have uh, uh, done a due diligence in low Earth orbit. Let's move on. Deep space is 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 calling us, and we can do it. And it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be uh, uh, boating, and it's going to be uh, uh, a new historical uh, capability that we'll have as a species. And I'm just not just. U.S., it's going to be China, Russia, a lot of other countries. So we're, we're moving forward. I'm kind of pleased with that. I, you know, as a kid, watching the space program evolve over the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, you know, my God, you know, we're back to some really cool things. This is amazing time to be alive to see what other countries are going to be doing in space. So as these repairs continue on the hydrogen fuel leaks there at the Kennedy Space Center, they're eyeing a window, I believe, coming up on September 27th. That window is shorter by about 20 minutes, I believe. Uh, Actually, it may be even shorter than that. It may be like close to an hour shorter, uh, the window in which to launch uh, 11.37 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday the 27th. Does that change things at all? Well, not really. I mean, you know, they're going to, you know, something will happen. You know, my guess is I'm just making it up. Will they make September 27th? I don't know. Probably slide in October. I I don't care. You know, know, when you're breathing heavy about space, minutes are, are, you know, they're important. But, you know, it's getting the vehicle off the ground. Logistically logistically they've they've got to do it by the the end of september because otherwise there's a spacex falcon rocket that is coming right behind it that wants to launch and actually take astra astronauts from nasa one from uh, japan and a russian cosmonaut to the international space station and that's scheduled to depart on october 3rd so they're out there on the launch pad trying to do their repairs they may have to take it uh, off the launch pad uh and yeah. and that's going to really complicate things from how well, i understand yeah. it yeah you're right you once they roll that sls back to the launch pad uh, back to the vab the uh then we're into another thing i i would i would say though uh my guess is that uh, nasa has priority on that launch area and uh you know uh, spacex is not going to be you know driving the train um so uh, they may have to delay if if, if uh, you know, the SLS is ready to go. But you know, at the end of the day, this is like the carnival 
of, 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 of times that, again, I lived through in the Apollo program. You had a lot of things going on for the first time, and SLS is the first-time booster. I will say one of the things about SpaceX that is starting to bother me a lot, uh, and I'm going to get a lot of enemies here. Uh, oh. We got to be a little careful about being too, uh, you know, bowing to the SpaceX group. Uh, uh, you know, Elon, who I know, and I, one of my early interviews with him, incredible guy, and I, I wish him all the luck on this. But there's a Pied Piper problem here. Uh, people are, are doing so much. Genuflecting about uh, Elon Musk and the SpaceX uh, uh, Starship, and let's have everything work great. I want Starship to work. I want SLS to work. We'll sort it out. You know, NASA will pick and choose. You know what it wants to do. Uh, Elon's getting money out of NASA for uh, Starship uh, for his lunar lander capability. And we'll see how it all uh, farms out. It's great. Uh, you want multiple choice options in the future. And let's, let's have them all. A lot of private groups are really gunning uh, to get back to the moon. And the, uh, NASA has spent a lot of money on the uh, commercial uh, uh, eclipse program, uh, commercial program to put payloads on the moon. So, you know, it's a it's the best of times. It, it, it really, it's a great time to watch what's going to unfold here, and there will be failure, like Jeff Bezos just suffered uh, two days ago or whatever it was. And yeah, they it was uh, they sputtered. Yeah, and luckily there yeah. wasn't anybody on board there. I'm glad no. you bring that. I'm glad you bring that up uh, as well. Uh, I'm talking with uh, space journalist Leonard David, author of Moon Rush, The New Space Race. Now, this Artemis mission, the goal here is to establish a base camp up on the lunar surface. I'm wondering how many trips it might take uh, in order to do that. And it can't just be NASA and, and the other countries. SpaceX has to be involved in that just due to logistics, right, to get all that stuff up there? going now with the NASA plan, but I mean, China has its own plan. Uh, one of the things that's going on that's pretty exciting, actually, everybody wants to go to the South Pole of the Moon. Turns out there's not too many places where you want to be. Uh, uh, there, there are places where you want to be, and everybody is looking at those areas. So it's going to be an encampment uh, on uh, multi-nation capabilities to get to that South Pole area because, one, uh, you're in Earth uh, communications better. Two, uh, the water ice situation in the craters that are totally darkened on the moon uh, may be the place where you want to draw out propellant uh, liquid oxygen, uh, oxygen, uh, you, you want to, you know, rocket fuel and uh, all these others. But nobody knows. That's the point. And this is the trick 
question. What's down in those craters? And we're going to go find out. Uh, there'll be multiple landers. Uh, 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 Russia is trying to get down there as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be, a, uh, I think it's going to be a little crowded. <laughs> a very uh, little area uh, on the moon. And we'll see how the space lawyers handle this one. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when the space lawyers are there already. Is there such a thing? Space lawyers? Yeah, because I've always over. wondered who who owns the domain. Well, that's it. Yeah, I know. I think we're in. We're you, know, <laughs> you were you were you were being uh, a little bit uh, sarcastic there, weren't you, Leonard? That's okay. Not really. Okay. <laughs> no, we're in trouble. I I think we're going to have a head-on collision uh, with space law about who owns what part of the moon, uh, who can do. Uh, you know, uh, mining in certain areas where the uh, water ice may be more favorable. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. The UN's getting involved. It's going to be a real free-for-all. Uh, I kind of, I you know, uh, in Moonrush, my the National Geographic book, I tried to, I kind of threw a flag out there and said, we got problems here. Better pay attention. The lawyers are in there with their hooks. Uh, and they're not just American lawyers. We're talking Russian, Chinese lawyers, and we're going to find out what private enterprise on the moon really looks like uh, at the end of the day. The current situation up at the International Space Station seems less in doubt than it did earlier this year. Russia's been claiming to walk away for years. Of course, that Space Station is designed to have all of those partners working together. And then they kind of backtracked and said, no, that's not actually what we meant. Of course, the U.S. since then has passed funding through Congress uh, for 2030, but it requires, you know, everybody else signing on. Is the space station going to go past 2030? Well, that's what they're saying. That's NASA's view, and it's uh, a White House uh, kind of indication. Uh, Russia seems to be moving forward on their own design of a new space station. And one of the big news items is really China. They're up there now, and they're gluing together their own space station. They're going to do their second spacewalk here in the next uh, coming up uh, and start uh, uh, enlarging. Uh, the facility and, and getting ready to enlarge it. So uh, it, it's kind of, I, I, I'm making this up, but I, it's a little bit with when you think about China, Russia, U.S., and then you have the private sector space stations. Blue Origin wants one. we got a bunch of other. Uh, Sierra Nevada's got a concept. Everybody... There's a lot of private sector stuff going on. And so it's almost like who's going to have the first satellite up there? Well, now we got all these multiple space stations that are going to be up there. And that I think that's a I think at the end of the day, that's a good thing. Because uh interchanging between crews, between stations, if they can do uh changes in orbit and all this other stuff, but uh you know, the more uh, space stations, the better. 
uh, I would so think. And, if Russia is uh, going to build their own and leave the International Space Station, what is the U.S. and Japan and uh, Europe and Canada and all those other players going to do? Are 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 they can't stay on the International Space Station? Are 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 we going to build another one? Well, I, I think NASA is trying to transition to the private sector space station, and I would caution. One thing that I'm really angry about is whether or not you bring the International Space Station into a deorbit situation and burn that thing up. And when I say burn up, it doesn't burn up. It's going to fall into a select part of the ocean that they've already selected. And I'm not sure we shouldn't keep that thing up for uh, a Smithsonian Museum uh, visitor attraction that, uh, you know, uh, some private sector uh, 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 spacecraft can take you to and say, here's the old International Space Station. Now, to your right, you know, there it is. It, it worked from this and that, and it did all this stuff. And that's a good, that's a good, it's sort of like a TWA 2001 thing where you fly by and you go, okay. There's the old space station. And uh, I'm not a big fan of bringing stuff in to the, uh, into the Earth's atmosphere and burning things up. We've got a lot of issues there. I, don't, I really don't want to, I know you don't have enough time for that, but that's an issue for me. I'm spending a lot more time on uh, debris coming in from Earth orbit. Uh, I don't want to see that space station burn up. A very interesting thing happening actually tonight. As we speak, Leonard, here is uh, the moon eclipsing Uranus. Uh, they're saying this is a pretty rare event called an occultation. What do you? It's an interesting word because it jumps out at me that there could be some tie-in with the occult. I don't know if there is, but what do you know about this event? It's apparently going to be seen over Africa and Asia and Europe uh, as the moon passes in front of Uranus. Well, it's, I think occultations happen all the time. I think I just missed a uh, uh, occultation of uh, uh, something with the moon the other night, and I just I didn't have time to go out and look at it. But it, we have occultations all the time. My wife occultates me all the time, and, uh, <laughs> and we won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for sparing us uh, from that. Um, who, who besides the U.S., who's ahead? Is it Russia? Well, you, you got I think you got to admit there's a space race first of all, and I think there is one, yeah, diplomatically and politically and and financially and uh, on a global scale. How a country that has a very vibrant space program is looked upon by other countries. That's how uh, I remember in 57 uh, with the Soviet Union and the United States, it was a really aggressive time in a space race. And I think we're there. I think China is taking the lead. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, Russia is faltering. Uh, they, they're trying to get their moon, uh, even a moon exploration program back in gear. They got lots of problems, not only with the Ukraine uh, war and all the other things that they're engaged in right now, but China has uh, 
the wherewithal and the uh, gumption and the diplomatic uh, 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 movement uh, forward that I think they're going to be the country that is the space race. I mean, they're going to be doing things. They want to go put humans on the moon. They want to do a Mars sample return. They have already demonstrated an amazing uh, plethora of capability that uh, looks to me like they are on a track that is uh, will be the will be the thing to watch. This uh, probe, the capstone mission, uh, yeah. this thing that uh, the probe that NASA is is deploying. Uh, that thing had some issues as well uh, recently. Yeah. It actually had to go into safe mode, uh, yeah. from what I understand, about a week ago or so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know I'm here in Colorado, and there's a group, Advanced Space, that uh, is controlling that as one of the controllers. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a tumbling. Uh, whether it uh, is going to be uh, moved out of safe mode. The main thing about that thing is not the safe mode so much as what the mission was or is. Uh, my guess is they're going to fix it. But uh, on the other hand, it's supposed to be a, a, a spacecraft. It's a CubeSat. It's a very small spacecraft, not that much money, going out to a, uh, a halo orbit around the moon that is mimicking where NASA wants to put uh, the uh, outpost, you know, the kind of the gateway spacecraft uh, that will be uh, part of the Artemis program. So, uh, you know, they, they've really worked hard on it. And uh, if, if, if it, if it, to me, it sounds like it's going to be fixable. Uh, I, I don't even know what happened. Things are happening like hourly with that, trying to uh, put it in safe, uh, take it, Put it in safe mode and take it out. So it's, but it is tumbling. Is the last word I go uh, w- with you? It's got a problem. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, other, communications uh, are interrupted, from what I understand as well. Yeah, yeah, you got problems there, and we'll see. But the deep space network uh, at uh, uh, run by Jet Propulsion Lab is, uh, man, uh, they've gone through hell and high water. I mean, this of, thing is only about the size of a microwave oven. It's not that big. No, it's a small, uh, again, that's one of the, frankly, that's one of the attributes about uh, going out exploring now. These these spacecraft are getting very, very compact microelectronics, new propulsion capability, and we're, we're, we're learning more as uh as we go here now, I don't. I hope that uh, uh, Capstone is not going to be a uh, you know a lesson learned kind of spacecraft, but uh, who knows? Uh, but there are other spacecraft. Uh, uh, South Korea has got a spacecraft in route uh, to look at the moon. The moon is going to be in our face, big time. There are multiple uh, spacecraft being launched not only to orbit it, land on it, and really uh, uh, do some uh, pretty amazing things here in the next uh, year and a half, two years. 
uh, prior to the Artemis uh, astronauts getting there. And then you have the big deal with rovers and all these other things that people want to put on the moon. So the moon is really in front of us. It's 240,000 miles away. It ain't that far away. Okay, Leonard, has China found material from the lunar surface? They claim to have found a crystal lurking inside samples that was collected from the moon in 2020. That would make them the third country to have discovered lunar material. What do you know? That's what they claim. And uh, people I've talked to even today say they're on the track. And uh, they found some, uh, you know, they had a what they call a Shangi 5 mm-hmm. uh, return sample mission that brought uh, uh, a lot of material back from the moon direct to Earth. Hadn't been done since the Soviet Union did it in 70, 1976. Yeah. So uh, China, again, this kind of puts them into a uh, pedestal position, and uh, uh, they they believe they and they're diving into all the material they brought back from that lunar samples, and they're finding all kinds of they found more water. Uh, they're just deciphering uh, what the material that they got back, and they're making papers everywhere. I just saw a new one. Uh, two days ago, you know, they're claiming they got uh, some water samples back. And so, you know, they're making uh, great strides there. Uh, water samples on on the moon? These were a new dis- Yeah, well, new discovery? And helium-3 and some other material. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, you bring this stuff back, and I, you know, you're thinking China, do they have the equipment to do it? Yes, they've got the They've got a really good lunar lab, like at Johnson Space Center, uh, analyzing the Apollo samples. And so they're really diving in there, and they're uh, coming up with all kinds of really interesting papers. And it looks like they're all peer-reviewed, and they're making great strides about what the lunar surface is going to offer us, not only now scientifically, but in the future to use the lunar uh, uh, landscape to, to do 3D printing, to make things, to sustain human life on the moon. So they're, they're making great strides. And uh, watch that show. It's big. It, we don't understand it very much. But I'm telling you, they're closing the loop on a lot of stuff. They're, they're the story. And China also planning, they have recently announced to send their own uh, unmanned missions to the moon over the next 10 years. Uh, so it sounds like the U.S. Uh, will beat China there because it looks like uh, our first crewed mission, as in C-R-E-W-E-D, uh, crewed mission, not C-R-U-D-E, uh, <laughs> as early as 2025, right? Yeah, but I think, you know, it's not so much... Uh, I guess, I guess you got to look at it a little bit differently. Robotically, you know, landing uh, Shangi 6, which is to be launched, and 7, 8. These, they're, China's trying to build up to a, uh, what they call a research uh, space facility on, uh, or a research station on the moon. 
And so they're, they're angling, and I would not be surprised if they don't move up their target times uh, compared to what uh, NASA wants to do. And NASA, you know, if let's say the space launch system blows up. Let's say the whole rocket just disappears. God forbid. Well, it can happen. It can. You know, Absolutely. Can and uh, where does that put America? We are in a space race. If we think the moon is an important element of a uh, space uh, ecosystem of economy, uh, we are in a space race. Uh, I don't have any qualms about it, and I get uh, hate mail from people that, oh, it's not. Uh, no, we're, we're there. This is a diplomatic thing. It's a global, uh, uh, you know, view. Uh, when, uh, when, when China gets back to the moon and does a lot of new and interesting things, it's a scientific coup. And we'll get there. U.S., I don't have any doubt the U.S., uh, the Jet Propulsion Lab and all the other private sector groups get going, and India and some other nations. Uh, the moon is going to be a big thing in our, our future. It's, it's there. And we've been there. Mm-hmm. Haven't done all that. That sounds like uh, sounds like the, the, the time's a ticking, and we really can't uh, afford to make a mistake then. Well, uh, you know, there will be mistakes, and I think, you know, and China is it can have loss of crew, loss of spacecraft. It's going to be uh, technically, uh, for every country that uh, tries to get to the moon uh, and, and land and do some uh, uh, scientific exploration, you know, it's always up for grabs, and you, you, you'd love to have grab samples from the moon, but you can also lose your spacecraft and never get anything. Leonard, a pleasure having you on the program yet again tonight. Always a good conversation. We're kind of rambling there, but it was, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, A very enlightening conversation. There's lots going on on the moon. All you have to do is open up a Google browser and type in the moon and you'll find all sorts of stuff, Leonard. (laughs) Make sure you read my moon rush book. I'm proud of it. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. We've got it linked up at parabnormalradio.com. This is episode 515. So look for Leonard David's uh, book link there and also to his website, leonarddavid.com. Best to you. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, friends. This is going to do it for the week. We're going to take tomorrow night off. It's a rare exception that we're going to take a weeknight off, uh, but we're going to take a weeknight off because there's some things happening from the cold, dark depths. Somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I'm Jeremy Scott. Good night, everyone. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.